up, New Philly? What's up? Yeah, so my name's Emily. If it's your first time here at Friday Fire, welcome. Uh, I am an intern pastor here, but I'm also in seminary, if you guys didn't know. And uh, can I just say that seminary has really complicated my life. <laughs> really, really complicated my life. I, th- I think maybe two days ago, I was thinking about two and a half years ago. Okay, and where I was two and a half years ago, and if you guys didn't know, I was this crazy fireball for Christ. Unshepherded, I, I encountered Jesus in a very supernatural way, so I didn't belong to any church, and uh, I just went around feeling completely bold because I had the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but Pastor John... Okay, he spoke at JPM, right? And Pastor John said something like this, that he grew up as a very conservative Mennonite, and he said that even John Piper wasn't conservative enough for him. Do you guys remember that? (laughs) Well, for me, Heidi Baker wasn't even charismatic enough for me. Okay, so that gives you a little glimpse into where I come from. And I remember thinking, okay, this book right here, right? I could turn to any single page, and I was confident that the Holy Spirit would supernaturally interpret it, and I would understand everything. And the reason why I had that conviction is because when I first encountered Jesus, he actually supernaturally downloaded scripture into my mind before I ever picked up a Bible. And so the only time I ever picked up this Bible was to confirm that Jesus was speaking to me. So I would open this book and be like, oh yeah, that was Jesus. Oh snap, word for word. And because of that, I started thinking that this book was religious. And there's grace. Okay, God's grace is sufficient. But what I used to do was I would literally go to community groups and I'd be like, you don't need this. You don't need this. This is just paper and leather. It's man-made. The real Bible is, is what's scriptured into our hearts and what the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts. I would tell them, and people would be like, oh, I'm not sure who this girl is. But, you know, recently, recently what's changed is every single page I turn to, I feel like I can't interpret it now. I'll read something, and it, you know, something simple as, Jesus is the way. That's good. That's good, right? And then I start digging into it. I start applying what I learned in seminary. Okay, what's the historical context? What is this word in the Greek? Uh, what are the literary devices? What's the poetic structure? And pretty soon, I'm wondering, I don't even know if I know what the way means anymore. What does the way mean? What is this talking about? It's getting so complicated. I don't understand. And so I turned to a different passage. Same thing. And, you know, tonight I want to preach from John 14. Really want to preach on John 14. But that's what happened to me. I would dig into John 14. And as soon as I started putting, okay, exegesis to it and all this stuff that I've been learning in seminary, things started getting complicated. And so I switched passages 
literally 10 times. Pastor David can vouch for that. Uh, he looked over and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And there's 10 passages in front of me. And, uh, you know, Jesus is just like, no, you got it. You understand it. You can get it. Go back to John 14. So we're going to be speaking from John 14 today. Okay, and the message is going to be a very simple message. It is that it's not complicated. Okay? It's not complicated. You guys excited? All right. John 14, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. Let not your hearts be troubled. That's good. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Amen. In my, ho- in my Father's house are many rooms. Okay, Jesus, why are you talking about rooms all of a sudden? Hmm. If it were not so, wouldn't I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Okay, what kind of, what kind of place are you preparing for me? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. All right, Jesus, where am I supposed to be when you come back for me? Where are you going? Okay. Thank God for um, Thomas. Uh, We'll hear from him later. But what gets more crazy is verse four. Okay. Jesus says, And you know the way to where I am going. You know. You know. Okay. Now you got to love Thomas. Okay. Because Thomas, he always says what's on your mind. And he's saying right here in verse 5, no. No, Lord. I don't know. Okay. He says, we do not know where you are going. And by the way, how can we know? How do we know the way? I don't know. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, he didn't say Thomas, but he's talking to Thomas and the disciples. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us, God, to John 14 today. And God, showing us that you aren't this complicated God. That with childlike hearts, God, that we can know you and we can understand you. You're not this big ball of complicated, mysterious puzzles that we can't figure out, Lord. But you are a God that chooses to relate with us and that you're saying that we know you, God. So today, help us to know you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, how many of you guys, okay, were on Facebook when there was a status, a relationship status that was called it's complicated do you guys remember that you could say it's complicated with 
so-and-so, or you can just say it's complicated. How many of you guys remember? Let me get a show of hands. Okay, most of you guys remember that status update. They took it away. I'm not sure why, but what did it's complicated mean? Hmm. It usually meant that you're in a relationship with someone, something happened along the way, and you guys possibly are on the verge of breakup, and so it's complicated. Okay, let me give you a scenario. This is from a girl's perspective, okay? We're in a relationship. Something goes on in the middle that really frustrates me, really angers me, right? But you know when you really like someone? Like, things get you angry, and you don't even know why you're angry. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about? (laughs) You guys got to be vocal with me tonight, okay? I need some encouragement here. You know what I mean, right? (laughs) It's complicated. I don't know why I'm mad, okay? But he should know why I'm mad. But he doesn't even know that I'm mad. I don't even know why I'm mad. No one knows why I'm mad, therefore, it's complicated. We're in a relationship. Homeboy doesn't know that I'm mad. I'm going to change it to, it's complicated. And when he sees it, okay, he better do something about it. That's the mind of a woman for you, okay? Now, here's where the problem is, guys. Here's where the problem is. The problem is, is that for some of us, our relationship status with Jesus is, is complicated. Mm. You know, one of the main mm, symptoms that we see in order to diagnose complexity is size. Know what I mean? I'm a sire. I sigh so much. You, if you know me, you know I sigh. And, <laughs> and here, you know, sometimes you can gauge how complex it is in someone's mind by their size. You know, how's your spiritual life going? <sighs> You're in accountability group meeting. Hey, how's your quiet times? <sighs> Hey, how's mission training? It's crunch time, isn't it? How was that altar ministry seminar? Are you ready to minister? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm? What else do I have? I'll stop there. I'll stop there. But it's complicated. Hasn't it gotten complicated a little? You know, you gotta love Thomas. Okay, I love Thomas. And... I love Thomas because Thomas is a thinker. I'm a thinker. And Thomas always asks the questions that I'm thinking. Okay, and so I love Thomas so much that I actually went online and I looked up Thomas. And I was so upset. Did you guys know there's a lot of gossip about Thomas going on on the internet? Okay, every nickname about him is unbelieving Thomas. Doubtful Thomas. Is it undiscerning? Not discerning? Undiscerning Thomas. You know, I love Thomas. Thomas is just asking questions. 
Okay, here in our passage, if Thomas didn't ask some questions, maybe we wouldn't have known one of the great I am statements that's in the Gospel of John. Right? He's like, no, 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 Lord, I don't know the way. Thomas, I am the way. I don't know. Maybe God still would have gotten it in. I'm sure he would have. But um, point is, is I love Thomas. Okay. And here, Thomas, okay, does something that we all would have done. Jesus says, you know the way to where I'm going. You know. And Thomas says, no. No, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. Peter, Peter, do you know? No. Okay. John, do you know? Philip, your name always comes out of nowhere. Do you know? Hmm? No. You know, when I'm really, when I feel really, like things are really complicated, I'm not even thinking at that point, but everything that comes out of my mouth is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, but Jesus here, he's saying, you know, you know, you know. Now, I'm not here to argue that life isn't complicated. Okay, because life is very complicated. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, we have billions of neurons, okay, in our minds connected to another billion neurons, and they're all triggered by these neurotransmitters, and even within the neurotransmitters, they're different. For any of our psychology majors here, you know, okay, even our, our brains themselves is complicated. It's complex. Big time. Here at New Philly, you know, we have each one of you guys here today has a different personality. Okay. Here at New Philly, we try to simplify it by using the four temperaments, right? Choleric, melancholy, sanguine, phlegmatic. And depending on your makeup of it, the different percentages of it, we all have different personalities. But even with that simplified attempt... Okay, there's some of you guys who are like, I was, you know, I was, I'm 100% melancholy. I meet you next year. You're like, sorry, due to trauma, I'm actually sanguine. <laughs> and then, you know, you talk to someone next week and they're like, you know what? Actually, I took the test again. I'm actually more melancholy than phlegmatic. And that doesn't even count all the people that claim that they're outside. They can't be contained in a box. Right? Even our personalities are complicated. In this world, okay, there's up to 7,000 languages. We can't communicate with everyone around the world. Thank God that Chinese is the most spoken language. Where's my Chinese people at? Jensen? Okay. <laughs> You know, in this world, let alone our parents, we can't even keep up with the technology. Why? Because it's what? Complicated. You know, I haven't even hit on theology, philosophy, things that even this world says is complicated. Okay, philosophy, they ask questions like this. What is life? Why do we exist? Who created us? What is the meaning of life? What is love? Who is love? Is love a person? 
Why do we love? What is suffering? What is pain? Why do we have pain? And for all of you who are Christian, which is most of you, you're probably thinking the only thing you can think of is Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> and Jesus. Right? Now, what if I were to tell you that you're right? It's Jesus. Hmm? What if I were to tell you that it really is that simple? That it is. It's, it's Jesus. You know, can you guys imagine life without Jesus? Can you imagine how complicated your existence would be? Why am I here? Who created me? Who put me with this family? Everything would be very complicated. What's so funny? <laughs> It'd be complicated, wouldn't it? I can't even imagine how complicated it would feel, how frustrating it would feel, how scary it might feel. You know, for me, I lived quite a few years without Jesus. Okay, a majority of my life was without Jesus. So I can remember pretty well what it feels like to be without Jesus. And let me tell you, it was so complicated. Okay, not even life without Jesus, but even trying to learn about Jesus without actually having Jesus, if you know what I mean, so complicated. I remember my first time trying to learn about Jesus. And I was dating a guy at the time. Okay, he was Christian. And so that was the first time I ever learned about Jesus. And you know how you guys have those like late night talks every single night? Any of you guys who dated before, you know what I'm talking about. And this was back in the day, okay? But I don't know if you guys did this, but I would have my best friend with me, you know, sitting on the bed. And she'd be listening, and I'd be talking and having my late night. And then after we're done, we talk about how great the guy is for all you guys who are, like, wowing. <laughs> but that's what we did, okay? And I remember there was one night where I was talking to this Christian guy, and the problem was, was that, you know, the only problem we had in our relationship was that he was Christian. And isn't it funny that I'm a pastor now? God's funny, isn't he? But I remember he would always end the conversation with, hey, so it's getting late. I got to do my quiet time. And I remember the first time I heard that, Okay, this guy, he, his personality, he was really quiet. And so when he said that, I was like... <laughs> I was like, what? Why do you need quiet time? Homie, you is already really quiet. And you know, my best friend sitting next to me, and she was actually Christian. And so she was like giving me the cutthroat, like, no, no, I'll explain later. Stop, stop, stop. But it was already too late. And he was like, oh, actually, you know, quiet time is actually something that, you know, it's okay. I'll explain later. Bye. You know, and I got the phone and I was so embarrassed. Why do you make it so complicated? Just call it. You want to spend time with Jesus. You know, why do you call it, call it quiet time? <laughs> and then as I started learning more and more about God, you know, you would, you, we even sang a song today. Jesus is the lamb. 
I don't remember how the lyrics go, but it was up there. And <laughs> what's so funny? <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Jesus is a lamb, right? And I was like, back then, why is Jesus a lamb? Why? And you look it up, and it's mad complicated. It's like, in the Mosaic Law, there was, you know, they used to sacrifice things to get rid of their sin, and now Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, I just didn't understand. I was like, why is it so complicated? And then when I turned 18, okay, I started driving on my own. I noticed on the back of these cars was this fish. And I was like, what is this fish? Okay, what's this fish? I'm going to look this up. Right. And it was like, cause Jesus multiplied the fish. And I was like, Oh, okay. I remember that story. I remember that story. And then someone told me, no, it's actually because Jesus wants to make his disciples fishers of men. And I was like, Ooh, that's good. I'm going to go with that one. And then later on, someone was like, no, it's actually this like, you know, Christian little secret symbol where People used to use it because no one could find out that they were Jesus. And I was like, okay, that's getting a little complicated, but okay. All right. And then I started learning Greek. And then someone told me, no, it's actually, it looks like the alpha. And because Jesus is the alpha and the omega and he's the beginning and the end, it symbolizes alpha. And I was like, well, why don't they just call it alpha? (sighs) And it wasn't until recently in my Greek class. Okay, I have peace with this answer right here. Okay, so this is what the fish means, okay? You guys can accept all these other ones too, but this fish, okay, in the Greek, it's called ichthus. Okay, ichthus. And it's actually an acronym for Jesus Christo Theu Huios Soter. I sound smart, don't I? And what this means actually sounds complicated, but you know what it really means? Let me break it down for you. It's really simple. Jesus Christ, God's son, our savior. Why do we make it so complicated when it's just Jesus? It's all about Jesus. You know, complexity leads to confusion, and confusion leads to exasperation. And sometimes we as Christians, even when we have Jesus, we're spiritually tired. We're, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritually exhausted, aren't we sometimes? Why? I'm suggesting today that it could be that we've made it complicated. And I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't have to be that way. Okay? Now, how do we make things not complicated? Hmm? You know, don't you think that if we just got more knowledge, it would be uncomplicated? If we just knew more things, it would be not as complicated. Right. But the thing is, is when we try to get more knowledge, we start seeking into other things other than Jesus. We start going around trying to find the best pastors and listening to their sermons because we need sermon points. We need sermon points. Okay, we need more training. We need more equipping. 
But the thing is, is that we don't need more knowledge. Okay? The thing is, we need more Jesus. Why? Because when you're seeking other things, you're saying that he's not, he's not the only way. He's not the only way. There's other ways of knowing. But what did our passage say? Jesus is the only way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Right? If we go back into our passage, and we look at verse 4, it says, And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to the Lord, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. You can see that there's emphasis, right, on the way. He's saying, I'm the only way. Jesus, I, Jesus is the only way to God. There's no other way. He's the one-stop shop. Okay, you don't need to go to all these other stores. It's all in Jesus. He's your e-mart. <laughs> Everything is there. We don't need to go anywhere else. You know, when I first met Jesus, okay, I didn't know anything. As you heard, I didn't even know what quiet time meant. All I knew was barely the Trinity. Because that was my first question as a Christian. I, my first question as a seeker was, I don't get it. Why are there three? Jesus, okay, Jesus, and then someone told me, no, okay, Jesus is the Son of the Father, and then there's the Holy Spirit that will come into you. That's all I knew, okay, and then I knew that Jesus died for my sins. That's all I knew, and did you know that the first time I saw signs and wonders break out through my own hands was during that time? That's all I knew. Jesus, crucified. If we look at 1 Corinthians 2.2, the Apostle Paul, he's saying he's coming back from a mission trip from Athens where he engaged in dialogue with all these philosophers, all these people that just wanted to seek knowledge, figure out what Christianity was. And he came back, you know, to me, I feel like the tone of his voice is a little defeated. Like, I don't want to waste time on that stuff anymore. You know, and he says, and I... When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm not saying we shouldn't dig into scripture. I'm just saying that that's enough. You know, during this time, I remember when all I knew was Christ crucified. And it was awesome. It was very simple. God's maturing me. Okay? He's maturing me still to this day. But during that time, I remember there was one time where I was so eager to heal. I was so eager to see healing. Because I heard from someone that if you lay hands on someone, they'll get healed. I didn't know anything. I didn't even read out of the Bible. I just heard that that's what happens. Okay, all I knew, again, was Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. I wasn't sure what the Holy Spirit was even. 
I wasn't even baptized by the Holy Spirit yet when I was walking in signs and wonders. Okay? And I remember I decided it wasn't in a church sanctuary. It wasn't at a youth conference. It wasn't even in a building. Okay? It was in a parking lot. I stood outside of Jack in the Box. I bought a burger and I waited for someone who looked like they were in pain to walk by me. And I stood there, and pretty soon this guy limping on crutches came over. And I went up to him, and I go, hey, are you going into Jack in the Box? He goes, yeah. You want this burger? Sure. Can I pray for you? Okay. I get down on my knees. I put my hand in between his knee and his ankle. How many of you guys know there's no joint there? It doesn't bend, right? I start praying, not long, not long. I start praying to the only person I knew, Jesus. Jesus, will you heal this man? He doesn't know why he's hurt, but he's limping. All of a sudden, I put my hand there. I I don't, you can call it a muscle. I don't know what it was, okay? But it felt like a bone that popped out and went back in. Did I handle it like a mature Christian and be like, yeah, that's the way that Jesus works? (laughs) No. I flew back five feet and I go, oh my gosh, that was so gross. (laughs) And he looks down and he goes, what the heck did you do to me? I go, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But you know what happened? Dropped the crutches, and he started walking. I'll never, ever forget that moment. Did I have training? Did I have training on how to heal the sick? How to pray? No, I didn't even go to church. I didn't even have a church I belonged to. I was unshepherded, key word, unshepherded. Get shepherded. But, you know, I I share this testimony because I want to encourage. I know there's a lot of missionaries here, right? You guys are getting ready to go on missions. And it's crunch time. And some of you guys may feel like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. Okay? I still need more sermon points. I still need more discipleship. I need need to make an appointment with Pastor John and Anita Marcus. I, I I need to talk to people. I don't get this still. I don't know how to share my testimony. I need more theology books. I need more classes. I need more H&D seminars. I need to learn how to cast out demons. I'm not ready. But Jesus says, what? No. No. I'm the only way. I'm your one-stop shop. There is no other way. I am the way. You know, I have a feeling that in underground North Korea, we just prayed for North Korea today, right? I have a feeling that the churches in underground North Korea, they're not having prophecy classes. Hmm? They're not having seminars on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. All that is good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're having that. It's hard enough for them to meet without a Bible. 
But what is going on, which I'm pretty sure is going on, I don't know, right? But I'm pretty sure that people are telling people about Jesus. When they get a chance to meet, they're telling, they're taking every single minute they can get to tell someone about Jesus. And that's what you're doing when you're going onto the mission field. You're going to tell people about Jesus. You're there to introduce them to your homeboy, Jesus. That's what you're doing. Don't get it twisted. And that's all they need. That's what they need. We want to see signs and wonders. Okay, don't get me wrong. We want to see signs and wonders. And we want to see prophecy break out. I'm sure in under, the underground churches in North Korea that they don't have those classes, but I'm sure there's prophecy going out. I'm sure there's signs and wonders. I'm sure there's demons being casted out. Okay, but if in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. They will say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name, casted out demons in your name, and did mighty works in your name. But Jesus will say, but did you know me? Did you know me? Hmm. When we come back from missions, okay, let's testify about the signs and wonders that we did in Jesus' name because we know him. Because we know him. Most of us know him here, right? But the thing is, is even when we know him, we're not living like we actually know him. And we need to live like we know Jesus. Why? Because he says, you know. We can't forget how lucky we are that we know Jesus. I share with you guys, right, how complex my life was when I didn't know Jesus. We can't take that for granted. Ephesians 5, 8, it says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, how many of you guys have done a puzzle? You know, a puzzle, and, and you're try- it's the most complicated puzzle ever. Okay, and it just gets more complicated because you can't figure it out. And you start getting all flustered. And then you're making it more complicated than it needs to be. And you start digging around, trying to replace the positions of it. And then all of a sudden, someone comes over and goes, hey, what's under your butt? Take out, it's like a piece of puzzle that could have saved you an hour. That's how simple it is. We are making life too complicated. We're making Jesus too complicated. When he's saying, I'm the way. I'm the way. You know, complexity, it robs God of the beauty and the majesty of our God's sufficiency. He's not a big ball, a big wad of mysteriousness, puzzles that we can't figure out. He's not that God. It says that he's a mystery, but it says that he is always revealing himself to us, right? Now, 
I know that you guys got the point. Okay? And the point is, is that it's complicated because we've made it complicated. Jesus is the way. We know that he's the way. But something tells me that there's some people in this room that are still going to make it complicated. I'm one of them. That's why I'm preaching to you. Okay? I know you're going to make the process of not making it complicated, complicated. And so I'm going to help you out. Okay, I'm going to help you out. Don't worry. Now, if, this, if you're very simple-minded and this confuses you right here, just tune out. But for the people that make things complicated, and I know you're going to follow me. Okay, so complexity, the opposite of complexity is not divine simplicity. If that confused you, let me explain. Okay, divine simplicity is an area of knowledge where people think that God is this God that's in a class of his own. Okay, no one can understand him. No one can fathom him. He has no attributes. He has nothing. We as humans, we can't even begin to try to understand who God is. There are people that believe this, and it's called the the doctrine of divine simplicity. That's not what I'm saying you should do. Why? Because Jesus is saying, you know, you know, you've seen, not only do you know the Father through me, but you've seen him through me. You know him. You have access to God through me, Jesus. Okay. Again, the opposite of complexity is not apathy. Sometimes we confuse simplicity with apathy. But can I tell you today that apathy is actually the same as complexity. For everyone who has some, must mean, I'm going to say it, pride in being apathetic. You know, nah, you know what, just let it be. That's how it is. Why are you thinking about it? Just, just, God's there. He's awesome. Just let it be. What you're saying is, no, it's, it's so complicated. I can't even begin to think about it. It's so complicated. I, I don't even have words to put to it. That's not simplicity. That's not what I'm saying. Are we clear? So what then is opposite of complexity? Hmm? Again, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Stop making it so complicated. It's just Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a few... Towards the beginning of this year, I actually taught about how in Exodus, so Thomas, he wasn't the only one that was asking questions. Okay, there was Moses. You guys remember Moses? And, and Moses is like, God, the people of Israel are going to ask me who you are. Who am I supposed to say that you are, right? Exodus, I think, 13, 3? 3, 13. 3, 13. And Jesus says, I am who I am. Okay, I am, tell them that I am has sent you, right? Jesus, I'm sorry, not Jesus, God is saying that I am who I am. But here in John, right, here in John, we see the great, the seven great I am's, 
Okay, and here we're seeing that Jesus is revealing himself to us. No longer is he just saying, I am. Do you guys remember this teaching? He's not just saying, I am, but he's saying, I am the way. He's revealing himself to us. But what's going on in this passage is the disciples, they're so caught up in not knowing. No, I don't know, Lord. No, I don't know that Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they're so making it so complicated, so caught up in not knowing that they don't even hear it. When the opposite of complexity is just Jesus, it's Jesus. He's the only way. You know, I feel like here in this room, there's some of you guys who have made it a little complicated. I feel like here in this room, there are some of you guys who have made it a little complicated. And... You know, this week, I know that this is a word for this house because this week at K1, Sole, she was doing her prophetic singing, okay? And she sang this. She sang this. She said, what am I fearful of? What am I so frustrated about when it's your love that saves me? When it's your love that sets me free? She kept on singing this over and over again. Why am I so fearful? What am I so frustrated about? When it's your love, your love that sets me free. What am I so fearful about? What am I so confused about? Why am I so frustrated when it's your love that saved me? When it's your love that set me free. Do you guys remember that day? Do you guys remember that day that Jesus set you free? If any of you guys feel tangled, okay, confused like Thomas, I want you guys to stand up. I want you guys to stand up. Okay, I want you guys to stand up today. And I want you to make it public. I feel like some of you guys, your relationship status with Jesus has been, is complicated. But today is the day where you're going to change the relationship status to, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I want you guys to stand up right now. And I'm going to pray for you. Stand up. Don't worry about what anyone is saying. Don't worry about anyone that's looking at you. Whether you're a leader, whether you're not a leader, whether it's your first time here, don't worry about what anyone is doing. Okay, this is between you and Jesus. This is the day where you're making it public. You're not shameful anymore of people seeing that you're in a relationship with Jesus. No longer is your relationship with Jesus going to be on the verge all the time. When something doesn't go right, when he says something, when he didn't say something, when he said he was going to do something, and then he didn't do it, and it got complicated. I'm going to change my relationship status too. It's complicated. Don't get me wrong. This isn't, uh, I'm going to change it into inner relationship. And I can change it to back to, it's complicated anytime I want. Today, when you stand up, you're saying that I'm in a relationship with Jesus.
And right now, you know that there's witnesses right now in heaven witnessing this moment. Hold yourself to it. Don't go back. Don't stray from Jesus. Remember what he did for you. Why am I so fearful? Why am I so frustrated when it's your love? When it's your love that saved me. When it's your love that set me free. Why am I so frustrated? Why am I so fearful? When it's your love. Your love that saved me. Your love that set me free. God, I thank you that right now in this room. God, that there's a witness of angels. That is testifying to the public, the official declaration that I'm in a relationship for life, for eternity with Jesus. Even if it gets complicated, I'm not going to say it's complicated. I'm not going to jeopardize my relationship with Jesus because it's gotten a little complicated. God, I pray that everyone in the room, that we would truly be children of light, able to do signs and wonders, able to cast out demons, able to defeat the enemy, able to bring down darkness. Because why? Because, God, we know you. We know you and we want to continue to know you. God, we want to continue to be in a relationship with you. We're sorry, God, if we've changed our status to it's complicated. God, today, today we change the status back. And it's for good. We see your angels above this room right now. We see your angels. And this is a day we're never going to forget. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the only way. You are the only way. You are the only way for me to go to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, that no longer will I be fearful. No longer will I be frustrated. Because it's your love that set me free. It's your love that saved me.